Isabella, great Hi. to have you on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Thank so what you. are you drinking today? Today I'm drinking a matcha without any pearls because I guess they ran out. <laughs> Basically we have um, the we went to Bubbleology and they ran out of tapioca balls. Can you believe a bubble tea Crazy. shop without tapioca balls? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? So Isabella is drinking plain matcha. Mm. So what I like to do on this podcast is by someone's bubble tea order I like to give a bit of analysis on the type of person. Oh interesting. I think okay. they are. Okay. So you chose matcha. Yeah. Like me. So I feel like we're compatible. Oh, cool. <laughs> I feel that you're calm and relaxed. Maybe you've got cultured taste because matcha is quite, you know, cultural, you know, from Japan, things like that. Would you agree? Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Am I right or am I wrong? It's a nice analysis. It's a nice, yeah. <laughs> um, well. Yeah. I, I actually am a big matcha fan. So. You're a big matcha fan. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the podcast. So yeah. the first thing I want to discuss with you is the zero to six months of starting Locomill. So we do this podcast to help aspiring founders really get an insight in how to actually start a business, all these actionable insights that after they watch the podcast, they're gonna be like, right, I can do this, this, and this to start the podcast. So I've got a few questions. So when did you first have the idea for Locomill? So Locomill started as a university assignment. Mm -hmm. So um, we took the entrepreneurship minor at UCL, Mm -hmm. me and my two co-founders. And basically we started the minor without any thoughts that we were actually going to start a business out of it. But the assignment was, you know, go home. This was during COVID and think of a problem you'd like to solve. Not a solution, but a problem. That was an assignment. It was an assignment, yeah, for our entrepreneurship class with this man named Dave Chapman. He's quite well known in the UCL Mm. entrepreneurship community. And basically, I vividly remember one of my co-founders was not in London, but my co-founder Noah, he was was here. And I vividly remember us walking in the park and thinking of all these problems we've experienced. Mm. And so many were kind of pointless, like, oh, I can't find which classroom to go to or something (laughs) like that. But um, eventually, we looked back to a story of when we traveled to Lisbon and Portugal, mm. and we wanted to find an authentic Portuguese restaurant, mm-hmm. which shouldn't be hard in Lisbon. No. No. Yeah. And, and basically, we were like scrolling through Google reviews, mm-hmm. couldn't trust anything that we were reading. Mm. And then we walked around, and you know, it was full of tourist traps, like, you know, when there are people outside with menus trying to bring you, you in, and yeah. you know it's bad. And so we were being very stubborn. And eventually, after like a few hours of walking, we found an incredible place. But that whole story was wow, that was so hard to find a local, authentic place. And uh, that was the problem we decided to tackle for the assignment. So when you remember that problem, how did you go about and action the idea? Yeah, so I mean, it it was a slow, but it was a slow process. So the first thing was the assignment was all about kind of applying this design thinking approach to to um, designing a solution. So Could that's you all explain of, design thinking yeah, for anyone who doesn't know? Yeah, it's really, really interesting. I think it, it comes from like the Stanford maybe school of design. I think that's where the concept originated, but it's applied a lot nowadays. So basically what it's about is before even brainstorming a solution, designing a solution, it's about empathizing with people and with your users. Yeah, so that first step is called empathy. Mm. And for that, and this is what we did for the assignment, you have to interview people about what are the pain points about the restaurant discovery process. And this was the interviews were so crucial in the Mm. way we developed Local Meal because we discovered a fascinating trend, which is that despite so many platforms existing to discover restaurants, Google reviews, Yelp, TripAdvisor, we discovered people Mm -hmm. 
don't really use them they Mm-mm. prefer to use word of mouth for sure for sure yeah and so that's like such a critical thing that we dis- we discovered through these interviews mm-hmm. and um and basically local meal then became an idea to bring the trust of word of mouth onto a mobile restaurant discovery app I totally agree. When you go to a new country and if you know someone there, you definitely ask the people who live there what to do. You would never think, oh, Google's going to tell me like the best authentic restaurant. So that's so cool that you managed to think that. I've actually downloaded the local meal app and I've (laughs) put my recommendation for matcha because a lot of people don't know about this this place. So download. Oh, I was going to tell people to download the app to find out. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's a good strategy. Download the app to find out where I think the best matcha in (laughs) London is. So how did your team meet? And okay, well, you've said you've met on the course, but how did you decide what jobs you were each going to do? Yeah, I mean, it. so at first it was kind of like we, because we studied the same program. Mm-hmm. So our set of skills was quite similar. So I would say at the beginning of Local Meal, we were kind of all in on it, all over the place. And okay, then- all, Okay, so you were all just doing all aspects of building this. Exactly, just okay. all hands on and mm-hmm. we were constantly asking each other for feedback, very similar skill set. But I think gradually and quite naturally, people started gravitating towards different roles. Mm-hmm. So Noah, for example, really had found out he had a gift for graphic design. So nice. he really ended up taking over this, designing the product, the interface of the product, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of got more into the sort of like business development, you know, financials you know, pitch decks kind mm-hmm. of work. And, and our third co-founder was uh, gravitated towards marketing, even th- although, because we were such a small team, we were still overlapping Lapping, all over yeah. the place. So there were these kind of little paths, but we still collaborated mm-hmm. a lot on everything. So um, who was building the app technically? Yeah, well, that's a long story. I mean, for a long time, Local Meal was not an app. <laughs> okay, first. Um, we basically just started out with launching our Instagram and a website and uh, social, yeah, sorry, social media. And um, and like at first, see, we didn't have anyone technical to develop the app um, on our team. So, I mean, this is our story, but basically the summer, no, the winter of 2021 to 2022, uh, we started developing the app with one developer and then that didn't work out. How did you find that developer? He was basically our third co-founder, Darren. She, she had a friend who had this business who was developing apps. Ah, first, okay. Found him. That didn't work out. Did that cost? Just really want to get into the details. Did that yeah, cost to yeah. build? Yeah, yeah. Well, the problem with that was that it was the cheapest option that we could have gone because we were bootstrapping at the time. Mm-hmm. And that was the problem. That and was, so yeah. basically, yeah, it was like under 4,000, which for the complexity of our app is... Yeah basically unheard of so so yeah so that was not good mm-hmm. and that ended and then basically we went back to the drawing board summer of 2022 got the young innovator award and then we were able to this february start developing the app again did they give you money to the young innovator yes award? and that's yeah. we were able to use those funds to develop the app now and the way we found this developer and he's still with us he's really amazing he's the colleague of my cousin so yeah um word of mouth is a very trustworthy way to find people i would say yeah i i totally relate to that because i tried to build a web app for a tutoring company yeah and i was like i'm bootstrapping this i'm just going to find the cheapest yeah. option out there complete shambles complete yeah. waste of money i think as you mentioned before like really getting to know your users and not building the app too soon is actually a really good way to to like 
make sure that you know what you're going to build before totally like throwing money agree. into it yeah i totally agree i feel that especially when you're a student there's no huge rush you know it's we're so you know it's like the early stages of our career and looking back you know we were so excited to launch in 2022 and mm. then but now looking back it's like we've launched now we probably wouldn't have gotten the downloads we have now because we managed to grow our instagram by like more than 2,000 followers in that meantime yeah which has meant a lot for the business i think yeah and the app is not glitchy it's clean like it's Thank it's you. a good app do you know yeah what I mean? it is it's an app that we're proud of for yeah. sure and what, what would you say some of the other biggest challenges you had during the early stages of running local mill uh challenges well there's so many yeah. um besides the app development let's see I mean, I, I do feel there's kind of this thing of, you know, startups in the university environment are still quite rare. Mm. So everyone around you is looking for Stop. stable yeah. jobs and there's no uncertainty. And, you know, it's like easy to kind of question yourself. Yeah. Um, I would say that's a challenge as a student. And especially I think another challenge is usually when you're a student, you don't really have any funds to begin with. Yeah. So it's about how can I kind of scrape enough money to get this going? And that's not easy. Um, but I do think it's very rewarding, so. Yeah, I totally agree with you. This is kind of why I wanted to do the podcast, because straight after uni, couldn't find anyone who was like running a business, kind of wanted some relatable insights and yeah, couldn't find definitely. it. So Definitely, yeah. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, and is there anyone on this journey that inspired you during the first sort of six months of Local Meal? Yeah, um, so, I mean, to be honest, I think that inspiration-wise, it, it's been hard to find people that, have been doing something similar. Nice. Mm. Um, I did find one friend, Ali. Mm -hmm. Oh, Ali, yes. Yeah, I've, we've spoken together about her, but she, I found her early on. My friend, as soon as she heard that I was founding a startup, she said, hey, yeah. I want to introduce you to someone who's wow. been doing that. And I think just having a few coffees with her every month really meant a lot because yeah. it really felt like I wasn't doing something too crazy yeah. and yeah I think just looking up to you know finding a few people who are in a similar space does mean a lot so that's why I think it's actually really cool that you're doing this yeah I totally agree like when you have friends doing like raising and building apps then you realize actually this is a reality that can happen yeah maybe you, you never, can do it yeah. maybe you can do it yeah exactly so so great that um you sourced like you cited Ali as um, one of your inspirations. Yeah, definitely. And we're, we're friends now. So, so she's, you know, not just someone who gives me advice, but we're like, friends and, and it's really nice. nice. Yeah. yeah. And I just really wanted to delve into the financing of the app. I know you've mentioned briefly that you had a grant, mm -hmm. but we were looking at surveys and it finds that the most, the thing that stops people from pursuing a business yeah. is the financials. So in the early stages, what made you think I can finance this app. How did you go about getting the innovator, the Young Innovator Award grant? Yeah, just tell us a bit in, in a bit more detail. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, financing is, I mean, to this day, probably the toughest part for us because, you know, we have a little bit of wiggle room now. We just graduated and, you know, we're trying to kick this off the ground, but yeah. still not like we're paying ourselves a salary and we're trying to, you know, move it forward. But I would definitely say that is a struggle 100%. Um, the Young Innovator Award, yeah, it saved our business. Yeah. So basically... Um, <laughs> it kept you running. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the way I found out about it, I was... So this is practical tips. So mm -hmm. um, as part of the UCL Incubator, um, UCL is quite connected to this organization called Innovate UK. It's a government, go governmental organization to help startups in the UK. Brilliant. So basically, through UCL, we got in touch with... Actually, 
he com this man Gary who works for Innovate <laughs> UK commented on like one of our posts or something, mm. and we looked him up. And we're like, who is this? And he onboarded onboarded us as his client. Wow. To give us free business advice, and mm. I think when you're a student startup, advice from these mentors is incredible. So did you did you ask him? Did yeah, you, we okay. just we asked him. We booked a call. Mm -hmm. We really clicked. And um, to this day, I think Gary's actually coming back now to Innovate UK. He left for a bit, but I think we're going to continue working with mm. him. And he basically is very in the loop of what happens in Innovate UK. And he mm. saw this young innovator, Grant, and he said, this is right up your alley, guys. Mm -hmm. Apply. Wow. And it really came at a, like a tough, uh, at a low moment for yeah. us because that's when the first round of app development ended. And we were mm, like, okay, yeah. back to the drawing board. Yeah. And in the summer, I was like, I was in Montenegro. I was a little bit not fully into local meal, but I was like, I have to give this a try. You've got to make it work. Yeah. yeah. So I had like my 12 year old cousin film <laughs> me. And it was so just, I don't know, like, let's just see what happens. happens yeah. And um, yeah, that's when we got the grant then that September. And and yeah, it meant a lot. Mm. But so it's definitely worth looking into Innovate UK and the support that the UK government gives. Yes. Yeah. So were you so glad that you just didn't pack it in just then? Like Gary, you know, you, you made those opportunities happen. It seems like reaching out to Gary, like yeah. getting that connection. And yeah. he, he seems like a bit of a mentor, which seems mm -hmm. like a common theme in this podcast. People always having these people that, you know, introduce them like into new spaces and things like that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's so incredible. And yeah, exactly. It's just so gradual. You can't really see these huge opportunities unlock in the start, but you'd have to just kind of keep working. Yeah, yeah. And then as part of the Innovate Young Innovator Grant, what's amazing, it's not only money, but you also get support. So I've had an amazing mm -hmm. mentor as well, Ellie mm -hmm. Stamer. She's been working through with me the whole year, you know, and it really helps when you're a student yeah. to keep you on track. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think... I really think when you have other things on your mind and assignments, it really helps to have extra support. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And are you thinking of future um, fundraising? Is how far is the grant going to get you? Like, what's your sort of fundraising roadmap? Yeah, now our fundraising roadmap. So yeah, we got the grant, and that led us up to our beta app, the nice. first ever version of Local Meal. Yeah. And now the plan is to raise a pre-seed round cool. to really iterate and find this product market fit with the app. So you know, it's very naive to think that the first version of the app we are releasing is the one that's going to explode. Yeah, yeah. We have some initial traction that is, you know, respectable mm. and, you know, that I'm proud of. Yeah. But now it's time to basically work on the app and really turn it into an app that, you know, everyone loves and everyone mm. uses and that people come back to. And we're going to raise our pre-seed round for that. What does that work entail um, um, to get it to pass be um, beta? Yeah. past the beta version like i mean it requires some more tech resources yes okay so we really the mvp was about narrowing it down to all the features we thought were essential mm -hmm. to get people onto the app and mm -hmm. to get enough downloads and some initial traction and now it's about working hand in hand with our developer you know daily to find to just iterate features mm -hmm. and um and then of course marketing costs are are also quite high because you know we've kind of now covered our circle of people that we can fair cover but you want it yeah and we want to grow and yeah. expand fair enough fair enough so the next um sort of segment of the po podcast is called never have i ever <laughs> so you're gonna drink your bubble tea if uh -huh. you have done <laughs> these things and okay. i'll drink with you so never have i ever taken a business call while still in my pajamas if i have i drink if you have Oh, you haven't? No. Wow, you are such an <laughs> organized person. I've many. In the pandemic, you never took a... 
No. <laughs> Isabella, this is why you've founded such a fantastic app because you've got it together. <laughs> wow. Okay, Look never, <laughs> never have I ever regretted a business decision that seemed great at the time. Oh. Why are you drinking? The, de- the first round of development was not a good decision. Yeah. That's, but mm. lessons were learned. Yeah, that's exactly why I drank as well. Mm. Um, never have I ever considered giving up on my entrepreneurial journey during challenging times. Mm. Huh. Yeah, I don't that. know. Oh, yeah. It's a bit. I was close to drinking, but I think because I was a student, there was low pressure. It wasn't like I have to stay or mm-hmm. I have to leave. It was just like... So you were never really going to give... It was always going to run in the background. Yeah, if need exactly. Be anyway. During challenging times, sometimes we just took a couple of steps back, but yeah. it was still there. Yeah. And the final one is never have I ever used unconventional marketing tactics to promote my business or your business. I don't think I have. I've used proper standard ones. But yeah, tell me a bit about your innovative marketing strategies because that's what got me attracted to Locomill and that's why I mm-hmm. really wanted you on the podcast. So yeah, please share. Yeah, definitely. I think um, probably the most innovative thing we've done is our brownie stance. Yeah. So basically, you know, we didn't have an app, but it was time to really spread the word. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were thinking, how can we do this? Where can we do this? Mm-hmm. First thing is we were like, okay, we're going to go on campuses because when you're on campus in front of, I don't know if anyone listening went to UCL or goes to UCL, <laughs> but basically like there's this cafe called Print Room Cafe mm-hmm. and right outside of it is a very busy spot. Yeah. So basically we settled, we decided to settle down there. This was before we even had an app. Mm-hmm. Actually it was while we were developing the first time. And we came with brownies and we called this stand brownie for beta, meaning we were giving away brownies for people who would leave us their email. Mm-hmm so that we can notify them to download when, when the beta is released. Mm-hmm. So we baked brownies. Mm-hmm. We tried to you mm-hmm. know, bring that Delicious. homemade, authentic yeah, yeah. feeling, you know? Who can say no to homemade baked brownies? Literally no one. No so, one. Yeah. So honestly, we were surprised by how well it worked from mm-hmm. the start. So we had like a sign, free homemade brownies. <gasps> Everyone would stop by. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and what's nice is as soon as they came, mm-hmm. you know, at first people are a little skeptical, like who are, you know, who, no, who, one likes, <laughs> no one likes salespeople. Yeah. So. And if it's free, is there a catch? You know, people are like, hmm. Yeah, exactly. We're mm. like, what's the catch? Yeah. But then, so they're always a little reluctant. But then what was amazing was as soon as we started sharing the idea of local yeah. mail, they, you could see it in their eyes that they could relate mm. and they clicked. And we basically the majority of the time the response was, wow, this is actually really cool. I actually want to use this. And they left their email, no problem. Mm -hmm. I think with our brownie stands, we must have gotten like 600 waitlist signups. Yeah, yeah. and there's there's two things that like really struck me about your tactics because it's the fact that you didn't even have an app, but I think it's so important for people to know that you can just get to know your customers first. There's no need to spend all this money straight away on developmental costs. You know. I totally agree. I, I really think that that's the best thing we could have done because, you know, it takes time to build a community. It does, yeah. It really does take time. And so these thousand downloads that we got, you know, as big or as small as it sounds, it took a long time to mm. build this community. And there's really no harm in putting yourself out there. I think maybe a lot of people might be like, okay, and what if in the end the product never works out? Doesn't no matter. one's people don't remember. For it. Yeah. People won't. They got a free brownie. I mean, it's just not a big deal and I think we were quite lucky because our startup was around food yeah 
and everyone everyone loves has food. an insight in food yeah <laughs> so you know as long as our instagram was just kind of like sharing um good food around london i think people were quite happy with people. that as well so, yeah because yeah. there's two things like I see on your TikTok that you asking um, people on in London what their favorite restaurant is. Yeah. And I feel like everyone loves giving their recommendations yeah. of like their favorite spots. It's a really like feel good, everyone can get involved I know. thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think people are very, it's a, it's a very nice community. Yeah. Um, and people are very open and helpful. And I've always been surprised. Of course, some people are camera shy, but I'm surprised at how many people, people actually yeah. are, want to contribute and help. help. Yeah. And th there was actually just a previous learning point that I wanted to touch on when yeah. you said, you know, no one's really going to remember, like, if if it all didn't go well. I think um, there's an, yeah. a sense that we overdramatize how much people think about us or the things we do. Like, yeah, if you totally. really put yourself out there, no one really, you know, if it's good, people, yeah. I totally agree. Honestly, I think before starting all of this, mm -hmm. this all would have seemed very intimidating and very daunting. But I feel like once you start and you realize that nobody's overreacting to yeah. it whatsoever, then it just makes it easier to continue. I think, you know, the first moment we put like our faces in front of the camera mm -hmm. was very scary. But once you do it, it's just and you realize people respond well to seeing a face behind the brand. It's true. And and things like that. So yeah, once you once you do it, honestly, you realize it's just not such a big deal. It's not such a big deal because when I was yeah. putting my face out there for my brand, I asked my sister, "Oh, do you think like how did you think my story was? Did you think it was like this?" And she was mm. like, "Oh, what story?" And I saw she had like watched it on Instagram, but she literally hadn't even taken it exactly. in, like my own sister. So like, no one really, <laughs> no one really, you know, yeah. cares. No, exactly. So it's yeah, yeah. How do you identify with your target audience? How did you get to know them more and more? Yeah, um, definitely the student community. So it was very gradual. It was first some interviews for our university project, and then we were we launched our Instagram, and mm -hmm. quite a lot of people were quite engaged on our Instagram as well. Mm -hmm. You know, and we could start to see what do they like to see. You know, what gets the most engagement, and the brownie stands helped a lot. And so yeah, it was just but constantly talking to people. Like I, yeah. I think one thing that's crazy is local meal has become such a prominent conversation yeah. in my life like I go to a party and someone asks how's local meal and then yeah. start talking about mm -hmm. it so I think just the more you talk about it with people you just get feedback all, all the, the time, time yeah. and you start to understand you know what makes people's eyes light up like mm -hmm. which sentence and and that type of thing I think talking to people is just the most important thing you mm -hmm. can do yeah and I was also going to ask the next question was how do you build a strong community which I mm -hmm. guess you've touched on but is there any top tips like because community-based apps I feel are going to be the future. People are mm. always buying into community. People yeah. want it more than just selling something. They want to feel part of something. Yeah. So how, any top tips to build a really strong community? Yeah, I feel like I've learned a lot about this over the mm. last two years. Um, I think one is you as the founder need to do the groundwork. You have to be present and you have to be there. So with the brownie stands, we don't send an intern or someone else to be there. It's us mm -hmm. and people can see that we're, putting the time in and the effort in. I think yeah. being a figure that people can relate to, mm -hmm. you're not above people, you're at the same level as people. I think that that's number one is being relatable. Mm -hmm. Number two is being honest. Being honest so yeah. I really feel like in our, so for example, right now, mm -hmm. our product isn't perfect. And often what we'll do is we'll put on our Instagram stories, you know, we know there are improvements to make. Yeah. Please tell us your feedback. 
because people feel like they're part of the journey yeah. and I think they're much more willing to help you know it would be different if we were like yep we're not accepting feedback our way yeah, the yeah. way it was all designed to be I think really it's about bringing your audience and your users with you because yeah, you need sure. them I mean they're like our audience is more important than anything else yeah so it's really about listening to them we re we're very responsive we mm. reply to all the emails we get and the messages we get and um yeah we like to show people that we're really thankful for them and mm -hmm. i think that's really important because we are thankful for mm -hmm. them and yeah so i think it's just being relatable and honest with your audience um and being present yeah present yeah yeah and yeah, that's, that's funny because with this podcast, the last episode, I thought the audio was fine and yeah. I was like open for feedback and someone said, oh, the audio could be better quality. Mm -hmm. So like next time you iterate because you can't really see all the, it's so you hard. have like loads of blind spots. So it's really yeah. helpful to hear. Exactly. And I think it's impossible to have everything perfect. I mean, sure. yeah, it's, you know, as you know, I mean, there's so many different things you can do with the setup and yeah. everything. And so feedback is a good thing. Yeah. And constantly improving for sure. Yeah. So the next um, part of the podcast is personal would you rather questions. Okay. Just to get to know you a okay. bit more. So if you could only eat one cuisine for the rest of your life, would you choose Italian or Mexican? Hmm. Um, oh my God, this is so tough because I love Italian food, but I grew up in California. It's really mm, good Mexican, so Mexican food. Mm. Oh no. In London, it would be Italian, but I think maybe generally Mexican. <laughs> generally Mexican yeah. interesting and do you have any local authentic Mexican spots you could recommend yeah actually so in London it's been tough to find good Mexican mm. food yeah, I have to say compared to California from Taco Bell <laughs> yeah exactly no like because in in LA that's one of my favorite mm. cuisines and you're from LA right yeah Just I grew a, up there mm. yeah um but hmm, here there's one good spot I found it's called Pastor in Soho Mm. And what's really nice, it's a really nice sharing concept and it ends up being quite affordable and you all share these plates. But they have these like sharing kind of fajitas and things and really nice meats. So yeah, I would recommend that for sure. Okay, so you go for Mexican. Lovely. <laughs> so the next question is, I know you're from LA and I was wondering, would you rather spend the day exploring food in LA or exploring the food options in London? London. Ooh. Yeah. And what's the reason? I think London has more. Because London, mm. LA is quite a spread out city, so yeah. there's some great food, but it kind of you have to like really look for them. Versus London, I feel like you just walk around and really stumble upon so many good places. places. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> and the next question is: Would you rather be able to speak all languages fluently? I know you already speak a few, yeah. or play every single musical instrument. Oh, like every language or every every instrument? language, and then every instrument. <laughs> Probably language. Because, really? Yeah, I mean, I really wish I played musical instruments. Mm. I don't. I really wish I did. But I think if you spoke every language, you could connect with Everyone. cultures. Yeah, in just a different way. So. Yeah, fair enough. You know what? I was thinking music because I thought music would be a connector. But then I guess yeah. you can't whip out your piano every Everywhere. time you meet, meet someone. It, it yeah. would be really nice. But in this yeah. case, yeah. In this I think case. language would have a bigger impact. And the final personal would you rather question uh -huh. is... Do you prefer to dis like de-stress by listening to music or exercising? Hmm. I really, oh, I feel like I'm like, probably, oh, wow. Maybe music, I mean, because I don't exercise that much. I exercise like <laughs> once enough. a week. <laughs> That's th that is a lot. Yeah. For, yeah, I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's okay, yeah. In the summer, I exercise more. In the winter, mm. I can't. You can't, yeah. Yeah. No, it's tough. 
totally get that. So the next section of the podcast is just to understand a bit more about your day-to-day, like okay. your day-to-day running local meal. Nice. So yeah, what does your day-to-day running local meal look like? Um, so let's see. Well, right now, currently, I work at the incubator at UCL. What oh, do you? Yes. Amazing. So I try to get there around 9.30. Mm-hmm. And oh, you work from, you don't work, you work from there? Yeah, I work from there. Oh, okay, yeah. I thought you were part of the, the yeah. team. Yeah, oh, no, 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 yeah. Okay. I work from there, so I, I have, like, our office space is there. Mm-hmm. I go there maybe three times a week, and then twice a week. Usually, I, sometimes I have meetings or, like, somewhere to go, so then I work from home. But, yeah, my days are split kind of into three pillars. Nice. So one is product. You know, mm-hmm. now that the app is out, we're constantly getting feedback. You need to communicate that feedback with the developer, meetings with the developer, anything product related, that's kind of one third. Another third is marketing. So mm. either I'll be editing a video or sh- shooting content. Nice. Or so you do that all. Yeah, and replying wow. to things on Instagram and yeah. you know, whatever, marketing is It's a lot, consuming. yeah, yeah. So I didn't, I assumed you would have that outsourced. Not at all. Whoa. No. So you are the one on yeah. the Instagram editing yeah. the tip. Yeah, it's <laughs> me and my co-founder, yeah, we both Whoa. do. Yeah. Whoa, that's a lot of work. Thank like you. I think people underestimate how much it takes to run a page, Definitely. a social media page. That's the problem. Is I feel like my work is now completely intertwined with my phone, which I hate. Yeah. But there's nothing I can do, do about you? it. Yeah. Um. Just trying. Yeah. So yeah, as as you know, marketing mm-hmm. takes a long, a long time. time. And then the last pillar is fundraising. So whether it's making con- new connections or adjusting our pitch deck or adjusting our financial forecasts, mm-hmm. all of that stuff, kind of investor relations. So those are three things. And every day I do anything, anything. like kind of mixed, sometimes just two out of three, mm-hmm. out of three, sometimes one, sometimes all. It's like, but it's really fun because things are always changing. Yeah. And I, I was curious, you do all these different things, three different yeah. things. How do you manage your time? Because we had this conversation and it really struck me that you were like, I think you said something, I might misquote here, but like, you're like, I'm quite relaxed. It doesn't feel like the worst thing. But you know, when there's this notion of entrepreneurship that you're working all the time, mm-hmm. you're burning yourself out, but you yeah. were like, yeah, I kind of like what I do, you know, I'm fine. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things I've learned now is that it's just as, an, as a founder, it's unrealistic to ever finish your to-do list. Yes, okay. So I just think that that's something that I had to get used to and because honestly, it's like as you work as a founder, your list just gets longer and longer. Mm, you know, mm. you reach out to someone, then you have to book a meeting and then you have <laughs> to, you know, it's just things continue. So I think just I've just tried to tell myself, you know, anything you do every day still contributes, you know, to the ju- it's yeah. still really meaningful. And if the thing you were supposed to do t- today, you're going to do tomorrow. It's OK. You know, um, I've just gotten used to that. And and yeah, because I think. Now, having done this for two years, you yeah, realize... you've got the rhythm, you've got the... Yeah, and you realize just little things really do co- go a long way. So, you know, if one day I have to finish at 3 p.m., it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, things like that. Things like that. Yeah. And, yeah, also want to get sort of a bit deeper. I was wondering, mm-hmm. um, with entrepreneurship, there's also another notion that, like, relationships, friendships, loved ones, they all kind of t- can take a bit of a backseat. How have you find managing relationships, friendships, yeah, in general? Yeah. Oh, it's so interesting. Yeah, that's 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 a bit tough, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the tough thing about being a founder is you could really put in as many hours as you want. Yeah, there's so never often, a... Mm. Yeah, so often if you end up making a plan with someone, you could have been doing stuff. But I think it's also important because it's important to just, like, fill your energy and time with other stuff. I mean, I really enjoy being with friends. And, you know, I, I, I think, yeah... I, 
I think it's important to set aside time for other things. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you know, it's just, I don't think it's very healthy. But it is a good question. It's like making boundaries is hard. Or even, you know, especially as I said, because work is on my phone. Yeah. Often yeah. I'll be hanging yeah. out with friends and, then and then some things come up. And or like, you know, my, me and my co-founder message on WhatsApp. So something yeah. might be urgent. He's texting me. So, yeah, I'm still kind of in the process of like, learning how to create these boundaries to be honest i haven't really figured it out fair enough it's just all a work in progress exactly so yeah again we want to still get a bit deeper and i was wondering Mm -hmm. this is the reality section of the podcast because we're (laughs) drinking bubble tea (laughs) (laughs) sorry that's not funny is it but anyway (laughs) okay (laughs) have there been any sacrifices you've had to make um as part of your business as Um, part of running your business sacrifices yeah well to be honest, if I wasn't running a business, maybe, I think these are all maybes, but mm. maybe I would have done a bit better in my degree, learned yeah. a bit more things. But at the same time, because I was running the startup, I think I was maybe even more organized with yeah. my degree. Yeah. So you never really know. But yeah, it's a sacrifice. You know, I was like seeing everyone around me. The only thing they were ever focusing on or stressed yeah. about were the assignments. Mm. And I was always like 50-50. And I mean... The other obvious one is that if I didn't have my own startup, I'd probably be maybe employed right now, yeah. <laughs> making actual money. money. Yeah, yeah. But hopefully we'll get there soon. Hopefully it'll pay more. off long yeah. term. Yeah. <laughs> and what makes you want to push forward through the hard times? Yeah, this 100% the answer is the community, mm. the people. You know, it's we wouldn't still be doing this if, you know, nobody cared. Mm-hmm. But we often just hear from people how much they're enjoying that. But even before we launched the app, I mean, we were going for a while. Mm-hmm. People were always telling us, you know, I just traveled to Paris and it was full of tourist traps and I wish I had local yeah, mail. And when yeah. we heard these things, I, people who knew what the app was saying, I wish I had local mail. That's what we, that's what drives us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And um, who inspires you? Do you have a particular person? Do I have a particular person? Maybe an entrepreneur, or like a friend, a loved one. Ooh, that's a very good question. Hmm. Well, I mean, to be complete, <laughs> this might sound a bit cheesy, but I feel like my mom Aww. has been a very inspirational figure because, you know, she moved to the United States when she was 25, didn't speak a word of English, mm-hmm. and ended up building an incredible career for yeah. herself. And I think, um, yeah, she's always been someone that I've looked up to and really, like, just a figure that's kind of proof that you know you can do a lot and and you just need to I think you just need to put the work in I yeah, think that's yeah, what she always yeah. kind of she mm. never focused on telling me oh you have to be this person but she always kind of taught me how to focus on the task I'm doing and to do it well and yeah you know to put my effort into it and so yeah definitely having her to look up to has meant right. a lot <laughs> so your top tip from your mom is whatever you do do it well yeah yeah and just yeah just effort you know effort, pays yeah. off i think people often project themselves in the future like i want to be this but kind of forget about the present moment yeah. of like you know sometimes you, you have to put effort in but not crazy effort just mm-hmm. trying yeah to do your best yeah um, and i love that phrase have you heard that phrase that you can under you overestimate what you can do in a year but underestimate what you can do in 10 exactly yeah it's totally that yeah absolutely all this stuff is very it's a slow process it's a slow burning process yeah Yeah. and what are some of your highlights of the local meal journey highlights of the local meal journey well now it's launching the app yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) um yeah truly um 
we celebrated the launch. We had a little event yeah. last week. I saw that on Insta. Looked busy, incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. It was like a Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are usually tired from work or whatever. We had to turn out of like 80 people yeah. at least. Yeah. And it meant a lot. You know, mm-hmm. these are people who have really kind of been around and decided to show up. And yeah. it was fun. You know, me and my co-founder had a little presentation and it was funny because we practiced so many times and this didn't yeah. happen, but we just ended up cracking up at so many moments. Oops, it was yeah. a very fun spirit. Yeah. The community meant a lot. So many people texted us after, like, you know, guys, what you've done is, is very yeah. special. And what was nice is that, you know, whatever happens next, this was a moment to be really proud exactly, of. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, what does the future look like for you, Isabella? Hmm. <laughs> um... You and Local Meal. Me and Local Meal. I mean, the future would be, you know, myself running the company. Yeah. This is the ideal future. You know, expanding Local Meal to new cities, mm-hmm. you know, building the features and functionalities, really building an app that's going to help you find the most delicious local restaurants suited towards your taste in a convenient way. Yeah. Wherever you are, you can find them. And we'd really like it to be, yeah, the go-to platform to support local businesses to have these special experiences at local restaurants. Um, I would really love that, to Mm -hmm. be honest. I want to stick to this project. Yeah, yeah. And the final advice is, the final question is, what advice would you give to any young entrepreneurs who may want to start a business? Yeah, I think two things I, I usually say for this type of question is, one is just community, community related. Mm. So that's, speak to people, you know, get their advice. I mean, we're kind of touching upon this, but I think, you know, the fact that I talk about local meal all the time, whether it's at parties, lunches, dinners with my family, friends, I think this has really accumulated. You don't realize, but it's these little conversations that actually mean a lot. Um, We wouldn't have the community we have now if we weren't constantly talking about it. so yeah, really bring people on the journey with you, you know, make yeah. them feel like they're part of it because y- they really are. Oh, yeah. And the other thing I would say is, you know, it's very easy to get scared wondering what's going to happen next and yeah. how long is this going to last and how is it going to be perceived? I would say, you know, l- even one little step every day every goes day. a long way. You know, let's say you're overwhelmed with studying, mm-hmm. you have an exam, Write one caption for an Instagram sure. post, yeah. you know, just something Keep it little. going, ticking. To, yeah. Exactly. I've always done that where it's like always just, if I'm super busy, have one tiny task, just keep it achievable, you mm-hmm. know, and then don't overwhelm yourself. But even if you do something tiny every day, it's, it's really going to add up. Um, and yeah, you can only notice it in retrospect when yeah you know let's say now we're like oh yeah we have the app like how did that happen how did that happen yeah crazy isn't it crazy but it's just those tiny steps Mm -hmm. so i think that's it don't be scared if it all feels overwhelming small steps every day go a long way for sure well thank you so so much isabella it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast and sharing all your insights and i know it's going to be really helpful for you know founders who can relate to you and hopefully one day start their own businesses thank you so much honestly thanks for having me and for um supporting student startups thank you so much thanks (laughs) it was so great to have a chat with isabella mandich the founder of local meal 
she was sharing her amazing insights on how to really build a community-led brand. I really hope you enjoyed the actionable insights she shared. If you found any part of this podcast useful, please like, share and subscribe. Thank you.